Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Shift. Uh, this week's guests are Dara Quilty and Ankara Savone. I was so happy to get to do with them on. This was just like so much fun. Um, Dara Quilty is actually in Ireland at the moment and he has his own podcast called Dara Quilty's Different and Ankara Savone is in New York as well as myself and she has her own podcast called The Gone Girls Podcast. So they were just great guests and we talked a bit about the five love languages actually which we didn't even mean to chat about. We just ended up chatting loads about that um, when we were talking about dealing with relationships in the pandemic so for people who are in lockdown or just like living with their partners and working from home so Ankara and Dara both had great advice and tips for that and yeah and then we just had the general chat so enjoy the episode and I'll talk to you at the end. So I was thinking so for you Ankara the Ireland has gone down into a full lockdown again and I know like some of our listeners really yeah so some of the listeners a lot of the listeners are based in Ireland and then uh, like let's say 40% aren't they're like either in America or Australia or England um, and those for them listening I just thought you know you could go into a potential lockdown you who knows so I thought we could do fun like lockdown tips because obviously young Cara you're married for a long time now right yeah 10 plus years I don't know yeah. the exact years you can ask my husband he's the numbers guy so. oh no <laughs> So you went through a lockdown um, in a serious relationship and survived it. I don't see any post about divorces. So. No, we saved that for at home. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dara, you're single, right? Mm-mm. Oh, no. Oh. Uh-oh. Long-term relationship? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah. And we had just moved in together officially about... Uh, I would say five months before lockdown. In America? Yeah. And she's living back now with you in Ireland? Yeah, well, we we're, I don't know if we're living here because all of our belongings are in New York. <laughs> so yeah. we, uh, wow. we just came back for a couple of weeks uh, and we like rode out the whole pandemic in New York. And Katie, you know this. And probably you, Ankara, like, like not only Irish people fled, but like everybody left. It was like Moses at the fucking ocean. And all the New Yorkers were like, oh, and here we, we stayed and we're like, we're doing it. We're staying here. And, you know, shit's burning down. And then we decided to come back to Ireland for a couple of weeks because everybody's working from home and, you know, everything's closed. And then yesterday, 
on national television. They announce a thing called Level 5. Don't know what it means. I was following New York's phases. Cuomo, phase one, we're doing this. Phase two, this. It made a lot more sense. I don't know what's going on here, but everything is shut down in the same way it was, remember, back in March in New York? Oh, shoot. Same thing. Wow. So, so like only allowed to take the dog out, only allowed to for groceries. That's it. Yeah. Same thing. And they have a thing you're allowed within a three mile radius of your home. Wow. What are the numbers like in Ireland right now? So it's per, they, they work it out per 100,000. Okay. So the cases in Ireland, I looked last week, hit about 1,100 with a population of four and a half million. And there was a day last week, same day, 1,100 cases in Ireland, 638 cases in New York City with a population of 8.5 million. And bear in mind that 4.5 million in Ireland is spread out. Like Dublin City, a lot of people in suburbs with, you know, they've got backyards and space. New York is like people stacked on top of each other. So the fact that the numbers in New York City were less than Ireland, I'm like, come on, man. Come on. And why does it happen when I'm here? (laughs) Yeah, you literally left at the worst time. Then like you'd be so much better in New York. And is your girlfriend, she's she's from Ireland, you said, sorry. So So she's born in, she's a New Yorker. Her dad's a New Yorker. And she then, her mom is Irish. So they came back here when she was a kid. She did school here. Uh, we met like, this is a weird story. We met like when we were working for this television network, when we were like at 21 or whatever. Then there's like, a, you know, a seven year gap of conversation. <laughs> then, like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> so we did the long distance thing to New York for a while. Did you ever do that, Katie, with anybody? No, I don't imagine you'd be a person yeah. who would do it. Would do that why would you think i wouldn't do that i don't know because I've, I've listened to you and you're dating and then you know you're you're particular and i was i was wondering would you be a long distancer yeah, yeah, yeah i think um uh yeah i think if you like someone nothing should come in the way of it and i think long distance is good because then you get excited about seeing each other i was long distance with a guy when i went moved to chicago originally now it was only for a couple of months but that was years ago and then i went back to ireland but yeah, I think, you know, you FaceTime and then it's like excited to see them and stuff. I've heard of loads of successful long distance relationships. It can be done. Yeah. And Cara, yeah. do you ever Um, Yeah, well, but like casual dating, you know, like I've never been like, okay, we're going to be serious about this. Like, no, because I think, and I might be wrong about this, but I think that for me, I give up a lot more in a relationship just naturally so to be locked in a long-term relationship uh, and like, I don't know, when you're young, I think that it's not worth it. I think when you're young, you should have a lot of fun. You should date, see whoever, whatever. And then once you meet someone, then you like lock it in. Because I think life is like, so, I don't know, if there's just so many obligations as you get older, things lock you in one place, people get sick people die you know like family you have to take care help take care of family or whatever so i think it's important to do all the fun stuff when you're young and i think a long distance relationship isn't part of it (laughs) end the show katie and that's the that is 
And I, I think I think it means it has to be a person like my friend, her now husband, like they were in love and then he got a job in America and she was in Ireland. So the first year they did long distance, but it was kind of the case of they wouldn't want to have been with anybody else. Do you know what I mean? And they're still together yeah. years later. So I think, yeah, I think, like you said, it has to be some sort of established ground before. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, you can do it for sure. When you said on car, you give too much what does that mean like i just mean like and and i i mean like i come from a a family of women a lot of women so like i just see i've always seen like women in my family like we take care of our men we're you know like i come from a spanish background but my mom's also american like i just feel like women nurture like not all women have children i don't have children i don't really want children but i think naturally like we are the nurturers like i think women are raised a certain way i think men are raised a certain way so i think that like we naturally are like okay when we meet someone it's like all right it has to be this way like cuz our mom taught us if you get married you have children these are the rules of marriage blah 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 but that's not necessarily true for everyone their liberties were different when they were younger compared to women now so I just think that I've seen, and it depends on the person. Like my sister met her husband at 14. They've been together ever since. And they've got three kids and like she would never want to be with anybody else, you know? Um, but like for me, I, I like the idea of being trapped has always, like it doesn't matter, relationships, life, jobs, whatever. I, so I know that's always been true for me. So I just wanted to live my life, experience everything because you just never know what's, what life's going to throw your way like a pandemic and then you're trapped. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean because that's how I feel. Like if I meet if I meet someone and it's great grand, but I think about that with kids, like I do think I would feel trapped if I had kids because I like that because I think in a relationship if the person is cool enough, they'll be okay with me going, I'm going back to Ireland for 3 weeks. I'll FaceTime you. I still love you, but I can't do that with a kid. That's like no. so much added. Like have you so ever felt stress. Is that why you, is that why you feel you don't want to have um, uh, kids, Ankara? Um, it's definitely part of it. Like I love children, but I've I've been an aunt since I was twelve, so I've had like my nieces and nephews. They were like my babies. Like I was young enough to the point where I could, you know, like hold them, feed them, change their diapers. So I got all of that that I needed. I think as a woman at a young age, so that desire isn't there. I also see my sisters and I see women, and they have no choice. You know what I mean? Like they have to keep their child alive and they like, you know, and I think it depends though. Like my sister is the breadwinner. She goes to work, but she also comes home and she's taking care of the kids. So it's like, you know, it's just, I think women in general take a lot of the brunt of the childcare on top of career stuff if they want to do career. So personally, I just, um, I made a choice. I, I know myself, I can't do both. So women can, I don't know how they're like a yeah. type personalities, but I'm like, I'm going to take a nap. I think I need a nap instead of a child. It's really good um, for women who are listening to hear that because my stepmom said to me, like no one ever told her, you know, that she couldn't have kids. And obviously she loves, and I'm the same as you, my brothers and sisters, I was 12 when they were born. So I was like around for a lot of that. And so I feel like the same. Yeah. I'm like, my little sister feels like, I'm like, oh, I got all, you know, she feels like a little mini me. So I I do feel in that regard. um, But I think it's good for women to hear like, oh, that there is, it's okay. There's no guilt in just like being like, okay, well, I'm like, I want to take a nap during the day. (laughs) I don't want that huge. And what about you, Dara? Do you feel the need to have kids? Not now, but, you know, the idea of family is great. And it kind of 
that loops back to what Ankara said about when we get older, you know, people get sick and things happen. And, you know, whether it's parents, grandparents, if you're like from a big family, aunts and uncles, whatever, isn't it nice to be able to give back and be there for those people? So I'm like, if I have a kid, when I'm 70 and I'm like, oh, Jesus, to have some guy to be like, don't worry, dad, I'd you know, clean your ass, it's fine. No, because they don't want to do that. And I also think it's a really unfair expectation of families that they put on. Uh, so like, I'm, let's say I'm in America. What if that happened? If I were the only kid, what do I have to go back and like? No, you don't. You don't have to. And that's, that's you don't have to, but there is a thing where, so, you know, some people want it, some people don't. And both, you know, both are okay, I think. Yeah. I just think as well, like, yeah. I, I've heard the argument, I have a big bruise in my leg, just ignore it. But I've heard the argument that you should have kids for like when you're old and stuff like that. And it's like, like, I don't know. I, if that's that the enrages right. me so much because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you're, what, are you having a fucking slave? Like, oh, what? My own goddamn person. But you, you see that so much <laughs> where oh. that's where the parents and kids <laughs> like fall out long term is because the parent has this expectation like, oh, I gave birth to you or the dad like, oh, I was so good to my father or, you know, and you're not doing the same. And they forget that this is you don't own this person. Yeah. Okay. But I think it's the guilt. Like for me, it's the guilt. Like my parents never put that on me. They were always loving and they told me to go out into the world and do my thing and don't tell, don't listen to anybody that tells you that you need to stay and do whatever. My, like, they are just so like, go live your life, you know? And I'm so grateful for that because I see other people that are like, where are you going? Stay here. Don't leave five miles from home. And I'm just like, why, why did you do that to your child? Like, that's, I don't know. Like I just have faith. I'm going to come back. Like, I love you. I'm going to come back. You know, I, I, you took care of me. I know you, like, I will absolutely without a doubt come back and take care of you when you need me. And I think, I don't know. There's a difference. That's a real problem. Like people that, like you said, Katie are like trapped where parents have the expectation. Mm. Yeah. We've seen it. Like how many of your own friends have you seen that are over parented? when they're a teenager then by the time they hit 20 and they eventually get some adult freedom they're like fucking they become an alcoholic (laughs) yeah they're disasters they don't know how to handle the world you know what i mean true i I watched um i don't i can't oh esther perel and she's like this famous like ted talker person but she said this great thing like with parents like you have to let you have to let your kid go on certain things you have to let them and trust because with only by letting them go like exactly what you said Ankara they'll come back to you that if you don't give them that sort of freedom they won't you're you're just smothering and it's so true so like how can you trust yourself if your parents like your parents are the ones that tell you everything in life like this is how you do things right like how can you trust yourself if your parents don't give you that allowance to trust yourself. Like I trust that you will be okay out in the world. Yeah. They're basically saying, I don't trust you can go out and do stuff. You need to stay here because you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Can you remember like the first time then when you realized your parents' opinion was wrong? And you got Yes. To- yes. What was yours, Ankara? I mean I think it's just slowly, little by little over time has become like, oh, that's not Right. Like my, like my mom, my mom literally has her Christmas decorations up already. Like she loves sticking her head in the sand. Like she doesn't want to deal with reality. She lives in Christmas time all year round, you know? 
So like just life lessons that she avoided because she didn't want to face them because my dad took care of them all, you know? So like I had to face it. She's like, stop doing that. Just ignore it. Like make somebody else do it for you. I'm like, no, like I need to know how to do this for myself. So I'm not dependent on other people because people piss me off. Yeah. And what about you, Dara? When, when was your highlight and enlightenment? It's just weird. The, the habits or the sit, you think the decisions, the decisions you're making are your own and you realize, Oh shit, this is just what they always did. It was, Ankara in Ireland, we drive stick shift, everybody. Yeah. And I don't get it. I don't know why. And I lived in San Diego for a summer and every uh, rented cars and they're all automatic. I'm like, why, 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 why not? And I remember I got <laughs> home and I bought an automatic and all I heard was, no, no, we got to no, there's the gearbox problems. And I remember going, no, no, you're wrong. And I bought this automatic car and my parents, one of my mom since bought her own automatic because she loved money. <laughs> Literally just because probably her parents said, no, you can't drive those. Don't, they're bad. Yeah. You know, it's a dumb thing, but it's like little behaviors like that, that you go, huh? Why did I think there was a problem with automatic cars with what? It has a name, cognitive bias. It's- it's so true it's so true you're right i mean we're in the process of turning in a car like our lease and like me and my husband we have a different idea of things i'm like we shouldn't lease we should buy always buy 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 a car you don't lease car because like in my head my dad's like you buy because you own it and you can own it for 20 years but cars are made differently than 20 years ago it's actually better now if you lease it because they don't last as long just like like all the electronic stuff don't last as long as the mechanical stuff they used to make. Like my mother-in-law has a washer and dryer from like 40 years ago and it works perfect. <laughs> yeah, like I, it's, it's, it's green, it's old, it's loud, but it, it like dries clothes in like 25 minutes. I've got yeah. one of these Dyson ones that's stackable. It's like one of the, the best. Da, 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 da. It takes me four hours to do one load of freaking laundry. Like, it's so you know what I mean? Like, I know my grandmother has a light bulb that's like a hundred years old or something. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I remember my dad telling me, he's like, that thing's been here for like, cra-. but isn't that crazy? It's something yeah. like they make it so they break. I remember, yeah. I remember when, so like, <laughs> uh, like, uh, obviously, like my, my mother is completely mental and she did like a lot of mental, mental stuff. But it was like, when I was younger, she had told me a singer sang a certain song and I told all my friends at school and then they told me it wasn't the singer. And then I was like, oh, so she's not right. She's not always right. <laughs> and then that started questioning all of the crazy behavior. I was like, oh, so throwing dishes, not normal. Okay. <laughs> Can you remember the song, no? It was a Mary J. Mary J. Blige. No, not Mary J. Blige. Sorry. Um, who, you know, what's that song? Uh, it's an Irish singer coming running home again, Katie. Oh, um, Mary. Mary Black. Mary, Mary J. Blige, not Irish. Mary Black. Mary Black and I think she said it was Sarah Black or something like something wrong and I was like I I'm right it's Sarah Black my mom said that and then they were like no it's not and I was like oh my god yeah you do you kind of start you do kind of start to realize your parents are are wrong sometimes and then it's like you know very empowering but it I'm Ankara said something very interesting earlier Katie and it was I wondered did you have a thought on this 
in her nature and you said from your family that you're very nurturing and you know you to, you like to care for your man and you know the feminist the hotlines are the phones are ringing here they're, they're everyone's calling in <laughs> and that is a thing i heard about irish guys and i've never dated an irish guy katie but i have heard irish men need that a lot more than other cultures because they're over we could say mammied but they're yeah, mom- yeah i know That's- that is what i've heard wow. your experience is that true or no have you dated any irishmen Ankara? no i mean i no not to the point where i'd find that out but um italian men are the same way spanish men are the same way men are the same way i think that's the thing um but i think it's true for like men like daddies and daughters and then mommies and sons like i think that relationship of like being mommied and then like being daddy is like we want to be taken care of by our mm-hmm. i think that that it, it like gets relayed into our relationships like we have expectations because we see how our parents acted but then we have expectations because we were loved a certain way by like our parents like our dad or our mom so we expect that love to be in our relationships too I think that's so true because I I dated a guy for a long time in Ireland and I remember one time he was like you never make me sandwiches (laughs) (laughs) I'm just really bad at that stuff I'm like like I'm very like uh I have different love language but I'm really independent I like at that time I was like working a full-time job and going to college full-time so I can't be like doing the laundry and stuff but I do tend to date because even the guy I'm dating now he cooks me dinner and then he'll cook me breakfast in the morning and he's very hospitable he's very attentive and he loves doing that stuff he loves taking care of people so I actually you like that I'm like, yeah, I'm like an Irish man. I'm like, I really like, I love, I love, I'm just like, just like, oh, this is so great. Thank you. It makes me so yeah. happy. He like makes me tea. And I, and I guess my dad was very like that. My dad's like, you know, so I think it's true what you're saying. Like if I dated someone like my mother to be like, vi- like it'd be totally scary. And I've done that before. But if I date someone like my dad, it's like, yeah, he's very nurturing and very caring. And he's always mm-hmm. like, who can I give a lift to? Or I remember when I was yeah. sick one time, I had like a vomiting bug and he kept cooking me my favorite food, which yeah. did not help. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's what he thought he should do. Yeah. So. But like, like when I say I'm nature, like I knew that at a young age, and I, I, as I like dated d- different guys, I, I was attracted to a certain kind of guy, right? Mm-hmm. Which um, was um, not the right person for me. They weren't nurturing back. I ended yeah. up being the giver and they would, and then I, I never really like my, I was like, all right, I'm done. Like after like two weeks, I'm like, this isn't going to work out. This guy's way into himself. And like, mm-hmm. it's just not going to work out. Then when my husband I felt like the energy was the same. I was like, okay, he's a giver. I'm a giver. Meaning like he, so like, I felt like it was equal. So I knew he would take care of me. So I didn't feel bad giving naturally to him. It was, it came natural. I mean, don't get me wrong. I definitely still give too much in the relationship and I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing a lot. I'm not doing shit. But like, I mean, I want to live in a nice place. So I want it to be nice. It's just, I'm, I was just wondering when, is this all emotional? Like, like emotional are you talking about affection or you uh, yes i'm very affectionate yes mm, me too but like I, all, I think everything like like i'm not a good i don't like to cook i will cook but like rarely i like that he mm. cooks he cooks for mm. me 
we have a good partnership that we form you like he you know he cooks i clean and i'm okay with that like i don't feel but whenever like you know life gets in the way and then things become off balance you have to like you know someone ends up taking more of the what kind of job there is in that partnership I like what you're saying because what you're saying is is how I feel. So like with the Irish guy thing, that traditional thing is more that what you're saying, Dara, I feel is more like that there's a role on the woman to be like the mammy and the mammy. And I don't think this is true for all modern guys, but let's say that stereotype that you're talking about is that there's more of those traditional roles falling. Like, I like what you're saying, like, okay, so you don't cook, but you do other stuff. It's like, yeah, like a partnership. Like I, if I, I'll cook, but it's not going to taste good. Okay. So But I, I can do other things. So like, I, especially yeah. if I'm dating someone, like I, I really like to help with their passions because I'm like good at stuff like that. So like even the guy I'm seeing now, I like was out at a show and there was like a DJ, he DJs and I was like, oh, maybe you should connect. And then they like connected. And so I like doing stuff like that. If that makes sense. Like I think. Yeah, totally. You can have different love languages. That comes back to said about was this, um, I only heard about this recently and I'm sure you may be talking about the same thing, this love language nonsense. Yeah. yeah. So, and I do think as well, just so we are stereotyping Irish guys, because I don't think it's all Irish guys. I think that's just like a, like, a stereotype, yeah. 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 Because I've definitely, I, I'm sure like there's going to be a few text messages being like, bitch, I cook. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> alcoholic. I'm hammered right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm emotionally unavailable. <laughs> but um, the love language thing is important because it's like you have to recognize. So like if the person you're dating doesn't ever say I like you, that they're not comfortable saying that love language isn't their love language isn't talking about it, but they might make you breakfast every morning or they might turn up to your events or they might support you by like yeah like being like go go do your passion and i'm gonna give you time to do that or whatever but people have different ways of showing it isn't there like isn't there like like five or like specific five yeah something um so there's on you might know this better but uh, affection is one of of them um I give it a goog what are the five love languages i only literally discovered this recently and i totally fit into one yeah, acts right. of service is one. Acts of service, yeah. I love acts of service. Like so where you- they're like massaging you and yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Just anything like helping me like do yeah. things that I'm not good at. Like, please just help me get this done. Yeah, I, oh, I love that too. Yeah. Uh, you got number one, okay. words of affirmation. Number yeah. two, quality time. Yeah, I like that. Number three, acts of service. Like number that. four, receiving gifts. Mm. And number five, physical touch and this is penned by some dr gary whatever whatever and i'm always like ah, fuck off with your nonsense <laughs> i've been to yoga fuck off yoga okay I don't <laughs> what I'm, doing. I'm looking around people think i'm checking the- i did a yoga c- class in brooklyn because i thought it'd be good for my mental health and i started <laughs> looking at all the other girls because it was me one other guy and seven thousand women and i <laughs> Checking them out, I was just trying to know what the fucking dingle fish shape was. <laughs> Get it? Anyway, this thing I only heard about recently. It's not a million miles away because people do have people. I'm I'm not an affectionate person. But I will do fucking what I will fucking you need to get to the airport at 5 a.m. I'm up. I'm there. You know? 
Do you have one, Katie, that you prefer? Um, shit, I forgot what they were. I liked three of them really much. I'll read them again. Okay, Words wait. Of affirmation. Yeah, I don't need that too much because I would like it. That'd be a great bonus. But I've dated a lot of guys who feel uncomfortable saying stuff like that. So it's fine. I get it from Instagram DMs anyway. I'm like, ah, random guy thinks I'm beautiful. Is this like saying like, I love you and you are beautiful? And I think it's more like you're beautiful. You look great today. I do that. I'm like very complimentary. I'm like, oh, that outfit looks great on you. Yeah. Like positive feedback. Any yeah. kind of positivity. Yeah. I'm very yeah. like that. It makes. Number two, then he says is quality time. Yeah. I like that. I think that's really important. But that's just like quality time is like making an effort to see them a couple of times a week, I guess. Yeah, it says people uh, who resonate with this love language value feel, uh, feeling fully seen, <laughs> accepted, ad- adored, <laughs> uh, sharing time with their partner free of phones, television, and social. social. Uh, we usually watch TV, so maybe that's not me. <laughs> yeah. Is that literally just like, how was your day? Ugh. I will say, I think that's something when you're in a long relationship that you have to work on. You just have to work on like positivity and affirmations with someone anyway, because when you're just going to work and coming home and cooking and blah, 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 it just becomes a routine. So you have to continue to like snap out of the phone, snap out of the TV, like make time, focus, ask how their day is. Even though, I mean, in the beginning of our relationship, it's like, oh, I'm tired. Like, we're both tired. We acknowledge to each other we're tired. And we're like, okay, so how was your day? Like, you know, we just laugh about how fucking annoying it is that we have to care about each other. <laughs> yeah, but that's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, also, quality time, that's got to go out the window with a kid in the mix. Sure. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah, that's what's, I love, because I love relationships, like the idea of them, not that I've ever been in a long-term one in like seven years, but you know what I mean? Even like when you're dating someone and just getting to spend a bit of time together and like missing them. And then like, have, like even sometimes like when the dog gets in the way, I'm like, oh, go away. <laughs> so like a kid, I'd be just like, oh, you're so annoying. Oh, that's a big one for you then. Quality time is, is a big one for you. Um, yeah, yeah, like I think it's important. I would definitely want to see them a couple of times a week, but I think everybody would want to see whoever they're dating a couple of times a week. Like, yeah, I guess right? though, it also applies to those who live together, you know, because there's, you know, even when you're living with somebody, uh, I mean, Ankara, you're an expert here with 10 years of marriage under your belt. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Quality, um, time is still hard to achieve. Yeah, because then you're fi- like during the pandemic, and we laugh about it because, you know, we're together all day. And then like we're done with work and then at night it's like, okay, we're going to cook and watch some TV or whatever. And, um, you know, I'm like, okay. And he's like, we've been hanging all day. I'm like, we haven't really been hanging out all day, but like, we need to like connect, like how, like what, what did your day involve? Like, not cause I like need to know any, it would have been like, let's, let's have something to talk about. So like, even just having structure during the quarantine, like having alone time being like, okay, in the morning, we're going to do yoga together. We started doing yoga together because we were losing our minds. And then he was like, okay, I have a meeting at this time. I'm like, okay, I'll go for a walk at that time. So it's like, I think it's important that everybody, everybody deserves their alone time in a relationship. Everybody deserves their together time. It's it's a lot of work. Nobody talks about how much work it is to be in a relationship Hmm. because you have to fight for yourself and you have to fight for each other. Distance yeah. makes the heart grow fonder. Like that, like I like le- legitimately leaving the apartment to go to a place, or leaving the apartment to go do a show at night, and 
like your your boyfriend Katie will then value you more because you've been gone for fucking four hours or you've got five spots tonight or whatever. Well, it's like, yeah. oh, I can't wait to get home. How was the show? Rather it's, than you just been in the same apartment all day. Yeah, it's also yeah. as well because when you're doing that, like you said, Ankara, so when you're like going out for a walk and giving each other that space for a little while, then the other person, instead of you staying all the time together, the other person could be like, oh, it gives them that chance to be like, oh, I do like spending time with them. Okay, I'm not missing out on doing things for myself. I want to see them instead of, because you don't realize if you're just on top of each other the whole time, if that makes sense. Yeah, and like you might, like, you might not be irritated with a person, but you might be giving that person irritating vibes because you're trying to focus on something or you're trying to think of something and like just them being there could be like a distraction for you. Cause you know, like we're all artists, right? So like for me, my process is I need to be like, be alone. It's important. I'm alone with my thoughts. So I can, I like to go like deep in my thoughts and it's just a part of who I've always been. I love doing that. And I feel like if someone's in my vicinity, it's attack on me. I'm like, Oh, stop looking at me. I feel like you're just like, you know what I mean? Like I want to be alone and that is important to do. And I don't even realize that until I'm separated and I'm like, Oh, he's not bothering me because he's breathing. I just wanted to be alone so I could hear my thoughts because that's what I need. Yeah. Because it's a distraction. You don't even realize they're distracting you. And then it's nice, like you said, to, to miss them for a second. And then, then you can regroup and be, because that was really important. What you said, you could be spending the whole day together, but you're not actually spending time. Like you working on your thing, him watching TV and then being like, Oh, we spent the whole day. It's like, no, we didn't. We didn't actually, even a couple going for a walk together is actually really good because you're talking Mm -hmm. and it's outside. And then you're like, there's no, there's no distractions. I think walking together is always really good. Yeah, I agree. I love that. Next one they have is acts of service. Slow jobs. This is what it says. Actions speak louder than words. That's the love language motto. Acts of service is the love language. Doing things for your partner, most often in an attempt to make their lives easier. Uh, this is If this is your primary love language, you value feelings of deeply cherished appreciated and not being taken for granted so this is a person who doesn't like say i love you you're beautiful but whatever the fuck you need done will be yeah like you that's you getting up at 5 a.m to the airport yeah and again the new thing i only heard about this love language thing and that was the one my girlfriend asked me to guess which one i was and i was like oh definitely definitely this one for sure. And I don't know why. I guess, I don't know, my dad never hugged me. you get it done. But the, that's, a Ira, it that's done. an Irish man thing. I will totally push the stereotype type on Irish men because that's, if you're like, oh, I feel gross talking about my feelings because it's very Irish to be emotionally unavailable, but you can show it. You're like, oh, I'm up early. I'm ready to go. I'll bring you wherever you need. I think that's, it's a more comfortable way of expressing your feelings. Oh, yeah, I think that's definitely, you know, that's definitely cultural. I think, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that it's it's true. Like, I love this one. This is one I need the most because it's like, it's like you know, actions speak louder than words. Mm. You can talk all you want, but are you going to show up? If you yes. show up, that's what matters because other than that, you're just bullshitting. You're and so right. I don't have time for that because I have a life too and I got to keep on track. So if you're going to bullshit me, that's fine. Moving on. But yeah. isn't it interesting that people, there will be people that would prefer the affirmation. Over. Yeah, I know. Or yeah, gifts. But, 
but that's I do and I'm not trying to offend anybody or yeah but the gifts thing is ridiculous sorry and also the um af- the words of affirmation check at the airport send me some flowers I don't need a ride it's fine it's like what no <laughs> yeah right like yeah I've never wanted flowers off a guy I would be like I don't know what to do with these should I I don't even own a vase or a vase whatever it's called well, the words of affirmations, I do think it's more like necessarily, like I will say, like I've said it to the last guy I was seeing, like he never, ever complimented me once. And I was like, you tell me I'm beautiful, like sometimes. But also I didn't mind. I was comfortable enough to say that it's not, but I do think it's more of an ego thing or an insecurity where if you okay. need the other person to compliment you is more, it's nice. Like it's nice. Of course it's nice to hear. Yeah, it's but, really nice. It's awesome. Yeah. But, but not necessary. <laughs> exactly. And then you said, um, the access service my dad always says that he's always like oh don't listen to what a guy says just listen like see what he does and my dad does yep. that for my stepmom it's very like he wouldn't even need a thank you he'll do things Mm-mm. she wouldn't even realize he's done and I'm like I'm looking like oh that's so nice here. yeah yeah that's not enough you see for some people I feel yeah. some people are kind of blind a little bit to that that's the thing that was important about the love languages because I was meant to do an episode on this. This is so funny. These episodes always go off topic, but then it went yeah. off topic and we never talked about the love languages. So it's nice. It's kind of come back. I didn't even know. We were going oh, to yeah. So I'd That's... already done my research a few months ago, but nice. what he said was really important is he would interview these, um, or sorry, he would like therapy rise them. I don't know what the word is. Couples. And she would be like, he doesn't love me. He does, never tells me how beautiful I am. He never tells me he loves me. And then he's like, all I do is clean the house for her all the time. Why doesn't she see? <laughs> so they have, she's not seeing the, his love language and the good things he does. And she, he didn't realize what she needs. So he was like, okay, shit. I need to be like, you're hot sometimes. And then she was like, oh, I need to recognize that he just fucking spent two hours cleaning the house for me. And like, so it's like kind of, like I, it's, I think people don't realize the stuff that they're paying. I think that like with her, she'd probably get a compliment from him and then she'd end up cleaning the whole house. Like, <laughs> it, you know what I mean? Like that's like, she needed that. And then he need like, do you know what I mean? Like all she yeah. needed was like, you're hot. She's like, cool. I'm cleaning the house. Like, yeah. She was probably that's happy. What they needed, you know, <laughs> like they're both fulfilled from the stupid shit that they need. But that's like, if we just understand that everybody needs something different and accept that instead of like telling people what we need, and what they need to do, which is like, you can't change people, but if mm-hmm. that person has what we need and we have what they need, let's like, let's work together. It's almost like teamwork, right? Absolutely. It does say now on receiving gifts, it says that it's not about the gifts. I'm reading this, by the way, from fucking <laughs> brides.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it says a common misconception of this love language is that the gift must have dollar value. But in reality, it's about oh. the value in terms of thoughtfulness so what a gift be Ankara has been in the zen lonely zone getting in Mm -hmm. with thoughts comes back from the deep blackness of space and then there is a dinner with a nice cake is that a gift or an act of service both because they make the cake cake could be made could be an apple pie hmm. okay i've got it I, I, what you just said there okay so the the guy i've been seeing for my birthday bought me barry's irish specific tea for his house sorry so that is 
a gift thing that you said right yeah. but it's not dollar value because it probably costs like four dollars um but it's very thoughtful so that's thoughtful. a thoughtful, thoughtful gift yeah that's nail on the head right there so that is yeah i mean that part did you go like oh yeah did you feel understood yeah but i knew he was gonna get it <laughs> it's because i know that he's very thoughtful and i he put up an instagram story at the butcher block and i was like and you also sent him the amazon link <laughs> <laughs> well the butcher block is, a, is the only irish store and he he uh i was like he was like i'm just going to go get meat i'm like sure <laughs> you're getting me tea all i talk about is tea as well so it's like a big part of my identity and in ireland we have like a war between berries and lines it's the only thing that i'm not monogamous in because i drink both but I was on a Barry's kick at that stage. So it was very thoughtful. Nice. Yeah, I found an Indian store, by the way, in Williamsburg on the corner of Rodney and Broadway that sells spices, lentils, uh, CBD, and for some reason, decaf lions and caffeinated lion's tea. That's so funny, but it's great tea. Ankara, you need to get this lion's or Barry's. Okay. Oh, like the whole tea with milk? I mean, it's absolutely bizarre to Americans. Bizarre. Yeah, but yeah, I no, make them drink I don't it. put milk. I don't like... Well, the, English English put milk in their tea, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, it, that's where it comes from, but fuck them. Yeah. We speak about them. Yeah. We don't know yeah. them. We don't want to know them. They're dead See, to the us. The problem was they tried to invade the United States and also Ireland. And then you see the ships came into Boston and you've all learned about the great Boston Tea Party. And they were like, fuck you and your culture. And they, they got all the boxes of tea and poured it into the ocean off of Boston there. So, you know, that's why I, I hold the Boston Tea Party responsible for Oh, America. for their lack of tea here, their lack of like and tea. Because that was one, in mm, fairness to us, like, chance. yeah, we did, we did, even though like a lot, like I've no problem with British. I did not grow up in that time, but. I did. I was there. I was born in 1914. Mm-hmm. But like <laughs> the likes of my grandmother like she'd have seven cups of tea a day but she would be kind of like she'd be fun like all i know is that when my aunt brought home a british man and now she's still married to him but my grandmother would be like i can't understand his funny accent you know like you <laughs> could fucking understand his accent <laughs> but That's like she'd still drink tea or i remember when the queen was coming to ireland like as an apology she'd never stuff food on irish place so before and then all oh the gosh. people giving out about it on the on the like, oh, protests. Yeah, I'm joking by the way. I don't care. Oh yeah, yeah, but I just thought it was funny because a lot of people giving out about it on RT um news had like the the, the English soccer jerseys on. And like yeah. you could have just thrown on a gas shirt. You you have a gas shirt. Why did you just throw on a gas shirt? Yeah, a lot of double standards and irony, but I think with all Twitter warriors, you know. Everyone. I love tea. I love tea. He is wonderful. Physical touch is the last thing. Now okay. uh, this is a trouble. This is a troublesome one, I think, um, because some people are very affectionate, and some mm-hmm. people are not. And uh, let's—I'll just read what it said on on brides.com, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what it says here: first things first. Let's get this clear. The love language of physical touch encompasses encompasses so much more than sexual intimacy. Physical touch. Uh, can also be thought of as meaningful touch. This is a love language, really showing love through physical expressions, holding hands, kissing, hugging, cuddling, and uh, so much more. So it's not like a sex thing. It's 
I love that. I love being touched, like, you know, just on the arm or just like being stroked on the head. It's just like a very, yeah, I, lo- I love that. That's a big one for me. God, I like all these. I like <laughs> You're going to be a tricky one to date here, I think. You're going to, the expectations are, the bar is up here, baby. <laughs> no, it's not. That's a low bar to be like, I'd like to be touched sometimes and um, for you to treat me well. Five love languages. No, I'm four. <laughs> I told them that you don't have to compliment me. Oh, you don't want to. Oh, yeah, you don't want to. I compliment Pause. myself. Where do you lie on Cara? Sorry. Um, I'm very affectionate, and so is my husband. We're very touchy feely. Like intimacy is so strong in our relationship. Meaning, like we are constantly like holding each other's hands while we watch TV, or rubbing each other, or like just like hugging, kissing, like he's Italian, I'm Spanish. Like that's just part of, of who we are as a per, you know? And like, I don't even realize I'm doing it. It's just who I am. I do it with my friends and family. I'm yeah. just it's tactile. It's just very, uh, it's just a part of who I, like if I couldn't, I mean, to me, I, I don't understand. I don't get what's the point of being in a relationship if you're not going to be affected. Like that's the difference between a relationship and not a relationship, I think. I completely agree with you. The the last guy I was seeing wasn't affectionate and I hated it. I'm like, I want to be, yeah, you want that because it's like a friend, but that extra bit. And I hug all of my friends. I kiss my friends on the cheek, you know, post or pre COVID. And still, if they let me. I know. I'm like, oh, come on, come on, let's do it. Hey, okay. I put the head under. I'm like, I'll put my mouth. I know. Hug? Okay. (laughs) A lot of women, though, like, are affectionate, like, with each other, even hanging out as, you know, teenagers that they would, like, you know, link arms while walking and talking about whatever nonsense you guys talk about, you know, sport. (laughs) Where I I think, I don't know. Always. I don't know about men, but uh, like Italians for sure, you know, they're kissing their dad nine times when they're saying, hey, pops. And it's, you yeah. know, if you saw that happen, happen in Ireland, every, the, the cars would crash into walls. <laughs> Front page news. People would be looking at windows. What are you doing? What? <laughs> like, it's so interesting, the, the culture difference, particularly Italians, because like that is predominantly New York City, predominantly was inhabited by Irish and Italians from sort of the late 1800s onwards. And the two cultures like are so, they're so close. They have, they both start with an I, our flags are almost the same, but we are so fucking different as people. Yeah. And, but, and then like so strong in your cultures too, like, you guys stick together, like Irish stick together. And I feel like the, the families are really strong and the family unit, same with the Italians. They stay together, they're strong, but it's very different. My yeah. dad has a theory that um, he thinks that like the affection levels is like, depending on how close you are to the to the equator, like how hot the country is. So like, let's say like Italians, it's very warm. And then you meet someone from Norway and they're like, hello, like very stern and cold. So he thinks it's to do with the weather that you've been brought. It should be the opposite though, right? Because it's colder. It should be like, oh, get over here. (laughs) It's funny though. It's an interesting thing. It's like, get off me. It's too hot. Like it it should be the opposite. It's so true. But that is interesting. Guys, I got to work on the affection. You know, I'm 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 not a robot over here, but yeah. like, you know, I I like a spoon, but I also like to 
to be alone like with space also i'm like my legs are you know the length of california so i've got like they're sticking at the bottom of the bed there's problems mm-hmm. well so, sleeping is different yeah like i don't like get the get on your side of the bed mm-hmm. i need to sleep oh like, that's totally different oh like, yeah, i build a wall of pillows you do you do a snuggle before you go and then you separate yeah, and, and then, then you do a snuggle separate. in the morning in the morning yeah. you wake up like oh how was your sleep i was gonna be hung out to dry here no, no, no. no, no. I'm sure you your girlfriend me? doesn't even want that. I don't most now because yeah, if you put the leg over, hot. then my legs getting I'm getting squished, and I I I, yeah. lo- I like it all the way up until you fall asleep, and then goodbye. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. 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 It's fine. But that's what my point is. But then I would probably happily ne- never spoon sometimes. Although Depends. being being the little spoon is like I, you know occasionally a man gets to be the little spoon, and my God, is it glorious. <laughs> Oh, just, I love being the big spoon. It's so it's. I feel like it's just a strong man. Yeah, I I I, I, I like feeling like a small little boy, yeah. even though I'm about seven inches taller than my girlfriend. No, I'm not that tall. <laughs> I want to I want to be a little spoon just for a minute. Just be like oh. I like spooning. I like being like hello, protect me. Yes, <laughs> from all these bad. <laughs> are, this is good because this is also like it, it, for people who are going into lockdown. I think looking up the five lo- love languages will be good as well so mm-hmm. yeah being like yeah okay yeah. like oh why is he hoovered the floor seven times oh he loves me <laughs> or vacuumed for american listeners well i mean new york is still they're like they're doing a good job you know mm-hmm. new york's great i'm so glad i'm here but also i didn't feel like i don't i never had that thing i mean Ankara, you're married for 10 years, so I guess this is more for a question for Katie. Uh, I didn't have a, a, like I moved country and we moved in together. Now, I'd been visiting for two years, so like I knew New York very well, you know? I was essentially going, because you know, Katie, did, flights from Dublin to New York are cheap. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get 400 return. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much the same distance as New York to LAX. So you could go, you know, I feel like the flight is not long enough. It's, I feel like I need more, a longer flight so I can sleep more. So uh-huh. moving in didn't feel like, oh, it's the big step. It, yeah. I, I didn't have that. Is that a thing, Katie, that you, have you lived with a significant other or is it a thing that you would be like, oh, well, now? Yeah, I lived with someone. It was definitely the start of the end, but we should have never been, we weren't compatible anyway, long-term. You know, I was like young and he was older and then, I think the thing with being young is I started to grow up as I was dating him and my tastes changed and what I wanted and my standards changed. So living together just reaffirmed that. But we, I think we were together two years before we lived together. So it was like normal. And then we lived together maybe for like a year. And then like the last six months of that, I was like, okay, yeah, I don't want to be with this man. But um, that's when he started asking about the sandwiches. I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh yeah, no, I don't make sandwiches. Mm, sorry. sorry. <laughs> and the thing is, if I really like someone, I'll make the sandwiches. But probably, I don't yeah. know. Just, I'll yeah. do other things. I'll do other things. Lucky we are this generation of human beings. Like you know how lucky we are. I don't know. Uh, his like um, not historically, uh, ethically, or not. What's the fucking eth- ethnicity? What's the word I'm looking for here? What say what you're going to say and what, then we'll find it. Yeah. We'll backtrack. I'm saying that in Ireland, the previous generation was 
engagement, marriage. Mm, so lucky. Oh my God, if I, I would have been married off at 15 then if it was the older one. <laughs> yes. Culturally, culturally is my fucking word. Yeah, there we, are lucky. We, are, was, we are lucky. We are, we are lucky. generation. That was the thing we did. Yeah. And I, you know, and then there was this whole thing about 50% of American marriages end in divorce. Yeah. And, I, and everyone looking at America, well, they all get divorced over in the United States. In the 90s, this was the thought about me, America. They 50% get divorced. They're all crazy. They go to therapists. When, meanwhile, Ireland, nobody goes to therapists and everyone's stuck in unhappy marriages. So I believe that people are getting married now. 50% of Irish weddings marriages, whatever, will end in divorce and I'll be fucking fine because there's nothing wrong with divorce. There's no, there's no one that was like, and this is a, someone else's bit, but there was like, there was no one that was like, they were so happy together and their the divorce just happened. Just didn't work out. They were just too happy. They were so happy and then they woke up on Friday and was, ah, we got to get divorced. <laughs> you know? Well, um, divorce was... um. Divorce was illegal in Ireland until 95. And then, wow. yeah, so they actually didn't have the option. And then secondly, it's a big thing in like Irish Catholic culture, like that you work hard for stuff. So I think they just thought, oh, you weren't working hard. It's too easy. It's When divorce is actually, it's it's hard. You know, it's a lot, it's a lot of work. It's money. But I do think divorce is great because you're never fully trapped. Like there's always that option, you know, like yeah. whereas that, that before I probably would have never gotten married. I would have been like an old spinster. I know. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, and it's just interesting that, like, you know, and but then in America, people in America seem to get married still to to this day a lot younger than maybe not here. in New York. It no, does depend. Like the U.S. is so big, it's crazy because I'm from Florida, but I live in New York. I have family in Tennessee. Like, it's like fifty different countries. It's insane. People in the South and Midwest, they get married super young because there's nothing else to do. And then people in the big cities are like working on their career. They have opportunities, stuff like that. So they get married a little older. Um, but and what's shared overseas is different, right? You look at the news, you're like, this is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it is. You're very right. New York is certainly like, I feel like the bubble of eternal youth. You know, I mean, you, you were young Absolutely. when you got married, Ankara, weren't you? I was uh, 27. Yeah, okay. So that's that's young for me because I'm 30. Yeah, my, my <laughs> mind is like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> but I whoa. guess in the, a lot of New York or out in New York, they get married to like their high school, college sweethearts sort of thing. So it wasn't as uh, dramatic. Like I, I would say up until I met my husband, I wasn't, I was like, I'm never getting married ever. I don't want kids. I'm going to be free and I'm gonna be happy and whatever. And then I met, because I'd go on dates with the wrong guys and they were always trying to control, 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 do this, do that. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like, I don't even do that for like my, get out of here. Shut up. So like, you know, I didn't even give him time. Then I met my husband and I'm like, I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. I'm going to do this. And you can't tell me what to do. He's like, cool. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. Because <laughs> didn't you say to him, I remember you were telling me, um, did you say to him like on one of the early dates, like this, you were very direct in what you needed and wanted? Yeah, well, so we had gone out a couple times and it wasn't serious. We like went on two dates and um, I was working at a, a comedy club and he had said that he was going to stop by, just swing by. He's like, I'm going to swing by the club. My very cool. But you may not know this, Dara, but girls, we over 
do our makeup and hair to make it look natural like we have no makeup and hair. And that process takes about two hours when we're going to see someone we really like. So I had done that, went to work, and he didn't show up. And I was like, okay, that was a waste of my time. And then two days, and I was like, I don't care, whatever, no big deal. Then two days later, same, he's like, I think, oh, sorry, I didn't show, I'm going to swing by. I'm like, all right, cool. Didn't do it again. But I went through the whole process again. I was like, this is such bullshit. I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm being too nice. Now i got to pull out the big cards. So then the third, like a week later, he's like, hey, let's, you know, hang out. I'm going to a, a, base, a basketball game with my buddies and we're probably going to go to a bar afterwards. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm like, I'm actually in that free side with a girlfriend. We're at this bar. He's like, all right, cool. I'll text you afterwards. And, he was, and he's like, hey, we're at this bar. It was like downtown. I'm like, yeah, I'm still at the bar on the Upper East Side. So if you want to come here with me. And I was just with one girlfriend, but he was like with 10 guys or something. And I was like, he needs to know my value. So he um, texted me again. He's like, hey, um, do you want to come? I was like, no, we're going to stay here. So if you want to come, you can. And um, so I get a text 15 minutes later. He's like, hey, we're at this other bar. It was a bar, three bars down. So he came all the way to the Upper East Side, but didn't go to the bar that I was at. He went to a bar three doors down. He's like, hey, we're here. Come here. It's three doors down. And I was like, this motherfucker. This is fucking house of cards over here. I was like, this is bullshit, right? So I go, well, I go, if you want to see me, you can come see me. I'm staying here. And then... Um, He's like, all right, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to come over. And I was like, I told my girlfriend, I was like, quick, grab a big group of guys. So we found like the biggest group of guys and was like <laughs> flirting with them and blah, blah, blah. And this guy was like into me and he bought me a beer. And just as the guy had like came up to me to get me a beer, my not my, I guess my husband at the time walked up and he like grabbed the guy's beer. It's like, I got this buddy. And I was like, okay. So I was like, I had to like tell him. And then, and that's when I laid it in. I was like, listen, I I didn't move to New York to like find a husband. I don't know. I think you have the wrong idea about me. I'm dating like five other guys. Just don't waste my time. If you're going to spend time with me, then stick to it. If not, that's fine. I've got other things I have to do. And so and I was and that like that locked him in. And wow. when it? That's all I did. When did you stop dating the five other guys? Uh, like maybe a couple weeks ago. <laughs> 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 it didn't stop until we were official boyfriend and girlfriend. Now, did that require him to ask? Um, Will you- yeah, in my eyes, because personally, like when you're a girl, you're like, I don't know, is he my boyfriend? Is he my <laughs> Like with your girlfriends, we're always talking about, is it official? Is it official? And that was such like a pedestal thing for me that I was like, I need to have that at the point that I met him, I was really, I was like really focused on my career. So I didn't want to make time for a boyfriend. So it was coming from a place of true, but I was telling it almost to myself that so that he would hear it being like, I don't have time for a boyfriend, meaning like I'm putting myself first right now. And I think that's where he heard. And I think that's attractive for men and women to see someone that's like really focused on what they're doing and being Mm -hmm. like, nothing's getting in my way. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And so how long were you guys dating before that conversation happened? Um, probably like, three or five three or four months we were you know casually dating and um then one drunken night I think I said the l word and then he said it back and then I think I met his parents and then by the time I met his parents I was like okay this is probably serious and then we had that like talk I was like so you said I love it was more like a month girlfriend boyfriend Yeah, yeah I guess so 
and you yeah. and you were still casually seeing other people when you said I love you um yeah but like it's not that I told him it wasn't like I was just we were just out dating yeah I was back then also but you must well, have felt yeah. well you did say there was alcohol involved but you must have felt yeah there it. was oh I did I did feel it and like I wasn't rude. I mean, like, yes, I went on dates with her guys. I wasn't really dating. Like, they mm-hmm. weren't like, you know what I mean? Like, he was the guy. I needed him to hear that I'm dating. Like, because he needed to know that, like, I think he thought I was all in on him. Like, crazy girls, you know, like, mm-hmm. I need you to save. And I was like, I, I was just being nice because that's what I do. But, like, chill. I'm not, no. like, trying to. I know you what know. you mean. Like, I think I think there's this presumption um, sometimes that guys put on uh, on women, and you know, when they're like, "I don't want to hurt you," or uh, "What if you want this?" and you're like, "Fucking relax." I haven't said or done any of that. Okay, so yeah. they sometimes reject. But but um, I another thing I will tell my friends sometimes when they like a guy too much and he's like not giving them enough attention. I'm mm-hmm. then because I'm not if I meet someone I like them, I don't want to date other people because I don't have the fucking time. I don't have the time to talk to two people at once. Like I literally yeah. only have the time and energy for one person. I share this. Mm-hmm. I share this exactly yeah 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 yeah. exactly like and it's not and as well I just like kind of connecting with one person it lets me slowly get to open up to them and like them and get more like them and get more comfortable but I have said to a girlfriend recently who this guy was like he'll literally text her like like he'll be he'll keep her hanging on and then very last minute like 11 p.m come over and then she kind of obsesses and I'm like okay you need to multiple date because I think in that situation yes you're not distracted that's, with the one person. You're opening up to other options. You're setting your standard higher. So I think that's mm-hmm. if they're if they're not yes. giving you what you need, fucking get yes. it in other places. Let right. me tell you what you're just talking about. I did <laughs> a podcast with a musician who is a psychologist. <clears throat> Ten years been a practicing psychologist and has uh, specializes in relationships and um told me about this thing that i'm just trying to because i can't remember because i'm 74 and i have dementia uh told me about this thing that can happen and it's like an alarm bell for like almost like it can be abusive relationships you know just, just need to find the goddamn phrase but I like I like that you were direct and very much like don't waste my time. This is what I need. That was because I like I feel like I'm a waiter. You know, like I'll wait for them to like call, right? Yeah. And and at that point, like I was just I didn't have time to wait. And I also had just moved to New York and was like I need to make friends and and meet people. And so I was seeing about my dogs barking. I don't know why. No worries. Did you I find? So it is uh, intermittent reinforcement, it's called. What does that mean, intermittent reinforcement? Um, I won't certainly do it justice by explaining. Intermittent reinforcement is like what they do with slot machines in Vegas. So you're not going to win every time. Mm-hmm. And you're not never going to win. Mm-hmm. But you're going to win every 50 pulls of the le- the, the lever, right? And that's intermittent reinforcement. And that keeps you gaming. So you could be in a relationship or early dating stages with guy or girl. And it could be a lot of cold shouldering. 
and you're like, ah, fuck, fuck. And then there's, oh, hey, blah, blah, blah. And it's, you know, a moment of niceness. And then you're like, oh. And then that goes away again. Mm. And then it comes back in like increments that are, you know, quite widely apart. And it's an intermittent reinforcement that can keep you on like a line. Like a hook. For too long. Mm-hmm. You yeah. don't know that they're that they're doing this, and I don't know if you watched. I think it's spectacular just as an actual concept. The Scottish comedian Daniel Slost has a show on Netflix called Jigsaw. Have you seen this or heard about this? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? No, no, but I'm going to write it down. Daniel Slost, yeah, uh, Jigsaw. It is conceptually genius and factually has ended something like 500 relationships, 75 engagements and four divorces. Like literally people see this show and get out of their relationship because it's a deep dive on love and the meaning of love. And he's like, you know, it's not like, it's not a Ted talk. You know, it's it, he's you know he's probably an acquired taste for a comic, but I thought I watched this show and I was like, just the idea of it is is excellent, and I feel like anyone who is, you know, worried or thinking, I mean, when you hear somebody say things that are way back in your subconscious that you're not you don't even know they're there, and you go, ah, is a piece of shit. <laughs> but it I'm wasn't. Wasn't the premise of that based off a joke where his joke was, if you look at your partner and they died and you think, mm, I don't, I wouldn't mind that, then that you shouldn't be with them. Wasn't it? It started off something like that. Like he said, if, yeah. if they died and you didn't care too much or didn't really like, you could still. And then yeah. so a lot of people looked at their partner and were like, okay, actually, I wouldn't mind if they weren't around. They were too. <laughs> end the relationship that like he did a bit about he was too you know he just didn't want to go through the breakup so he would just go to sleep at night going oh I hope they die it was just an accident (laughs) that was the that was the joke and then the jigsaw is like I don't want to ruin I won't ruin the special but it's like life is a jigsaw and you know you're you're everything that you're doing, like your parents and you do your friends and your career. And you know, you're just putting the jigsaw together. And then love is that important piece. Mm. You know, it's the last piece of, of the jigsaw, but he just deconstructs relationships and he's no expert. I mean, it's a comedy show, obviously, you know, so you don't, again, he's not preaching. He's not fucking Scientologist over here, but it's just particular. It's just a particular, it, it, it would certainly make you go, Huh? Yeah. Can I can I ask you guys? So how long? Wait. How long have you been with your partner, Dara? I'm coming up uh, three and a half. Oh, okay, fuck. so that's long enough. Yeah, and then you're together yeah. ten years. Before we go, can I ask this one quick quick question about like keeping the sex life spicy? <laughs> a good word. Fun? Huh? Spicy. Yeah, <laughs> spicy. Spicy and fun. <laughs> I don't um, know what the answer to this question is. We haven't had sex since 1999. Go ahead. <laughs> have sex every day and have the best sex ever. No. Um, it's perfect. I mean, 
<laughs> for listen, I think maybe maybe sometimes I die, like I kill the romance because I'm so honest. So I I know that about myself. But I think you know we've been together for ten years, and I would say that during the ten years we've had a lot of things happen in our lives that has affected our lives. We've lost businesses, we've lost family, we've had to make off you know hard decisions and stuff like that. And those things that fucking kills the romance. But you, I think for me, admitting to each other that, that it kills the romance and that like just talking about like sometimes it's okay that when shit happens in life, you don't feel fucking sexy and you don't want to have sex. It has nothing to do with you. It's okay. And, and just, you know what I mean? And then be like, okay, you do have to make a decision. All right, what is something that we feel sexy? What makes us sexy? How do I get myself into that sexy mood where I'm going to want to have sex, you know, and talk about it and be like, okay, we're not going to do it right now, but maybe like, let's plan for this day that we're going to do it. And these are the things that we're going to do that will get us into a mood, which is, it sounds so unromantic, but I think that these are the things you have to do in relationships to create spark, to create fun. And I think that's fair with like life in general too, because you get bored of where you live. You get bored of the job you have. So you have to constantly create new things that make you interested in the things that you're doing again and again and again and again. So, you know, just talking about it and being like, it's sometimes it's okay not to do it. And then sometimes you have to be like, you know, we should probably plan on doing it. And how's it going to be fun? You know, it's the worst. The, the worst is, people are on different like people are in different moods and as mm-hmm. two people in in a monogamous relationship usually occurs between <laughs> two people so um you know so, uh, uh, sometimes man is going to be like horny oh, come on and lady isn't and sometimes lady is going to be like I'm so horny and man isn't um and then it's always weird if the guy doesn't want it it's like what's wrong with you what what, what what's what's wrong and I, I've been in a situation before where, like, I was getting like, like, like yelled at, like, "What's wrong? Why not now tonight?" I'm like, oh, I'm have fucking anxiety. Everyone's dying. You, you not realize that the sun is gonna explode. Whatever, <laughs> black holes. What? Nobody knows. Why don't the laws of? And I think the aggressive approach is completely incorrect. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people do that. And it's so simple and you saying that it might not sound romantic, it goes beyond romance after X amount of time. I don't know what the time is because it goes to connection, which you can't, you can't feel, you know, there's nothing. It's just, it's a energy thing, whatever it is. And it's so cliche, but it's fucking communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we, we've all, like, we've been True. doing the podcast and, I got it'll be like two years soon enough and when I say we like it used to be me and Des but that was something we'd always hammer down nearly each episode is like communication it's so important I think when you say oh it's not romantic to talk about it but actually that's so important to be like okay well these are my levels of needs and how can and sometimes uh, yeah I think being like okay we're gonna set aside a, a day next week or to go to a hotel or like you know to yeah whatever that person needs for you because even the longer in a relationship you could start to open up about more kinks or something or be like yeah maybe if you if you dressed up in just your apron or whatever like just trying different things I imagine like I know when me and my ex we were only to get it three years but the last year 
we were like I like got under like sexy underwear which I never you know like lingerie sorry and then we like tried a toy and stuff like that now we didn't work well that was for other reasons but I thought that was like good and I'm glad that we tried to work on the sex life also I think I mean, I know I did this and over time I've learned this, but I've also already always believed that like you, yes, a partner, I think definitely makes your life easier, should make your life easier both ways. But sometimes if your partner can't be there, you have to be there for yourself. So mm-hmm. if you're in the mood and your partner doesn't want to take care of it, take care of yourself. Yeah. Just like if, you're, if your partner can't cook for you because they're at work, cook for yourself. Yeah. It's fine. You're like, take care of yourself. It's fine. It's so true. That's I, no, that's nothing the best wrong advice. with it. It's okay. There's nothing wrong. You know, I take care of myself every night. You can't put like all that pressure on just one other person. You know, I take care of myself when we're having sex. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> so simple, but like it's yeah. I think it's easier said than done. It's just fucking communication. Yeah. I yeah. the first relationship I've been in uh, ever where I uh, have been honest from the beginning Mm -hmm. and that's based on being like you know fucking young dumb Mm -hmm. and full of and um (laughs) uh, and not understanding that you know and katie will be able to resonate with this more but understanding it's all right to sort of say how you're feeling Mm -hmm. stereotype is a real fucking issue and i don't think i opened up until i was 27 and it, well, it's not just that as well. Like, I think sometimes, like, people are afraid to open up because they're afraid of hurting your feelings, where actually it'd be better, like, for you to trust that, oh, I, you know, I can take it, or mm-hmm. that you, who, like, if someone's, like, says, opens up and says, like, oh, I'm trying to think of an example, but yeah, like, that I'm just, I'm not horny today, for you to be like, okay, it's not about me. Yeah. This is not, but yeah. You're not taking it, you're not taking it personally. Yes. It's not about you. It's about them because I think it's hard to bring up something that maybe isn't like, let's say I got married when I was 27. Right. And then at 33, all of a sudden I've lived all these different things in my life and I want to try something new and different. I'm a little maybe ashamed or don't want, you know, like what I have to be able to be strong enough to share that with my partner. Mm -hmm. And it's also like, I've, I'm not the same person I was 20 at 27. And like, we've got to go on this journey together and figure it out together Yeah, and like be okay with it. Like, I think that's the scary thing for a lot of people now. Like you're just like, well, I married you because of this. It's like, well, but we've changed, like we've, we've had life experiences. I'm not that person anymore. And you have to accept those changes along the way. And I think people get caught up in, well, I didn't marry because of this or, you know, and it's like, well, we just keep changing along the way and it's okay to like, be honest about it and talk about it. Yeah, yeah you're right. Scary. They're going to be, you know, you guys are going to be on a parallel path and change, yeah. and have life together. But then sometimes the paths go that way. Totally. That happens. And yeah. For more than sex reasons. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. You know. Yeah, the clinical psychologist on the last episode was saying that it was really true, like just about how, of course, you're going to change. You change as you grow, but also things are going to happen like someone could get sick or someone could get a job in a different place. And like, you got to just, mm-hmm. yeah, you got to, you got to work that. But yeah, I think hammering down. I, I, my own experience is like my biggest flaw uh, was uh, bottling, keeping everything inside, not mm-hmm. saying anything. And uh, 
doing that for the first time this time around, oh my God, the change. And like, you know, it's still a couple of years now, so. And I think you just keep learning more about yourself. Because I think relationships is facing yourself. You're not facing somebody else. You're facing your own shit because you're reflecting what you're doing on someone else, right? Like, or with someone else. So, um, like, you have to look at your own whatever issues in order to make things work. So sometimes you think, oh, maybe it's that. And you're like, oh, wait, what's my part in this too? Mm -hmm. And I think as well, if you ask somebody to open up, you have to be prepared that they might say something you don't want to hear. And you've got to be okay with it because Mm -hmm. you can't then get mad. You just ask them to share. It's it's like when when someone says, like, tell me about your ex. And you're like, "Mm," and then you do. And then like weird. And it's like, you fucking just asked me. I know, I know. Um. I have to wrap this up because I got to jump on a, a weird call thing. They're like calling me. But can you guys share your podcast? Can you repeat what your podcast is and your Instagram so the listeners can come follow you? Thank you, Dara. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, on Car Savone on Instagram and it's The Gone Girls on iTunes and SoundCloud. Quilty on fucking all the things. And Dara Quilty is different on all the things is the podcast. Our podcast, Spotify, blah, 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 blah. I'm sure Katie will put it in the description. I will. I'll put it in the bio. I'll put all the links to your podcast. I'll put your Instagram links. You guys have been amazing. Thank you so much. I think I'm going to title this podcast, When Man Gets to Be the Little Spoon, It's Glorious. Oh, <laughs> nice. Oh, okay, I love you both. Thank you so much. This was Thank the best. Thank you so much. This was so fun. I love to meet you, Ankara. By the way, nice and- to meet you too. Oh Dara. yeah, we'll all get tea in New York in the future. I can't yeah, wait. Sounds good. You're a great host. Good job. Yes, thank you, Katie. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please go follow Dara and Ankara. They're both amazing. And thank you guys. And I hope you're all well wherever you are and safe. And let me know if you need any advice or topics or guests. Anything you need covered, just DM me. And if you could share, you know, like rate review screenshot all of that that'd be amazing and then if you want to watch the video for this or listen to a longer episode just like where we had the chats up top and the chats at the end uh, that's on the patreon so the patreon is the shift podcast oh sorry the patreon forward slash the shift podcast so yeah so if you can go sign up for that that'd be great and no worries if not anyway have a lovely week and i'll talk to you next week 